constant growing of things unknown, drawing from the endless reaches of time. J- Jason. Jason. Yeah. Jason. Synesthesia to me is uh, it's a true definition of the mixing of the senses. What makes synesthesia exciting? It takes us all the way from just the mingling of the senses, all the way to metaphors, or even transcending the senses, where you are, are no longer constrained by the tyranny of individual sense impressions. Jason, what are you talking about? <laughs> Synesthesia, a movie podcast featuring Jason Mikhilich and Jim Hickox, begins now. Pull the introduce the Stephen King stuff a little bit more formally since it's a whole special thing. It's a whole special thing, guys. It's a whole special thing. For um, our special guys. Yeah. We definitely talked about him. Oh, we said his name. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, we did do that. But I mean, like, in any way, in a substantive manner. Sure. I mean, I don't know that we talked about truly anything in a substantive manner. It's true. That was a real, a real, uh, Chicken shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. After after for November we should do Larry King. <laughs> or just movies with characters named Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alright. Steven. Baldwin. Steven Baldwin is somebody named Steven. Yeah, he's one of them. We could do Steven Knight. Oh yeah. All of his movies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um There's like a digital weirdness in our connection, uh, and it has now started making a sound that sounds a lot like uh, a song I made once when I was trying to make GarageBand, the software, make the worst noises I could make it make. (laughs) Next week, we should probably start to try to talk about some King. Yeah, that makes sense. Because while I'd love to have regular episodes ready to launch before October, if we launch with October, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And we can at least have yeah. one. <laughs> we can have one episode and then Stephen King. Yeah. Um, or you know, like it can be like the Silver Jews and Pavement, where everybody thinks that Pavement came first, but really the Silver Jews came first. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do these recordings, but not release them until after we do the October thing. And then be like, no, actually, man, like that was the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was just a spinoff. We just had to release it first because yeah. of the label. Um, yeah, dude. Like second album came first. That's why it sounds so weird. <laughs> Get over it. I feel like you sound a little bit like a robot man right now. Do, do I sound <laughs> weird to you? No. Oh, I thought you meant my affect. No, no. Your affect is normal. Uh, I it's like. I guess maybe I'm. A little, a little fry and a little monotone. <laughs> Jason, you sound like you have a metal heart, is what I'm saying. Uh, no, it's just like a little... Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's just a... I don't know. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm over it. It might just be a phone connection thing. I think that's what it is. I would assume... Well, because anything you're... It would have to be a phone connection thing, because otherwise I would sound like a robot in in the world which you don't like yeah and that would be transferring through <laughs> but also jason it's not it wouldn't be out of character for you to call me up and be talking to me through one of those toy store voice changers and ju- as though that were a regular thing to do i suppose that's true <laughs> i'm wishing i had one <laughs>
So welcome to a Split Tooth Media edition. What? What? Um, what? I, was, I was being a hype man. Oh. I didn't mean to throw you off. He <laughs> said, of what? <laughs> Jason, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jason, I've watched two-thirds of a movie called Vibrations uh, from the mid-90s. Okay. That might be a thing to talk about the next time we do a normal episode. I'm just prepping you in case you want to bone up. Is it a Playboy After Dark No. Movie it's or? like a... It's a. Oh my god, Jason. It's, it's a movie... I'm going to tell you the outline, and then I'm going to tell you the tone. Uh, <laughs> it is a movie about a guy who wants to play music... Uh, but he, on a way, on his way to a gig, gets harassed by some guys in a pickup truck who then use construction equipment to chop his hands off. Uh, so he gets very sad and becomes okay. a homeless man. And then a bunch of ravers find him sleeping in a warehouse being sad and take him in and give him robot hands and turn him into a rave superstar. Um <laughs> But it's made in a super earnest and, uh, and, and like, very, I don't it's it's not made to be gross or weird. It's made as though all of those things are super normal. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it might be interesting to talk about because it is very bad. Uh, in, in, I think, a similar way to, like, The Room, where you're like, oh, clearly this movie was made by an alien creature who had watched some sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, but, but despite that, it has a lot of interesting things in it. Uh, and so I think it's worth watching one time. So, so for me, this is the counterpoint to something like the room where you're like, oh, this is terrible. And I think that people who like the room because it's bad would also like this, but I think that they would like it for the wrong reasons. (laughs) All right. I'm going to find it. Yeah. Wikipedia says it was one of the first films to be released on DVD. Is that a fact? Well, it's a fact that Wikipedia says that. It also says citation needed. Yeah. I uh, really like Westworld, the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. No, that was my my line with Westworld was uh, I didn't watch the whole first season, but I watched enough of it because Lucy watched it and it just Mm -hmm. was on. Uh, And the first season ends with the robots turning on everybody. So it's like, like, oh, yeah, so good. They took a whole season to do what the movie did in 15 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) That's 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 the golden age of television. That's an improvement. Did did you know, Jason? Um, this is a thing I actually was just I was reading about Westworld the other day, and this is um, I, I, this is the thing I picked up is the guy who wrote and directed Westworld also Michael wrote Crichton? he also wrote several novels. Uh, uh, one of them is the movie that they or the book they used as the basis for the film Jurassic Park. <laughs> did you know that? Wait, are you doing a bit? Yeah, I was doing a bit. Okay. <laughs> I just, you really, you had me for a second. <laughs> you gave it away because you said the book they used as the basis. <laughs> yeah. Did you know, my, did you know Jurassic just, Park was based on a book, Jason? The book called Jurassic Park. Is that what, I didn't realize that's what the book also was called. <laughs> it is I couldn't remember. I read, I read about this all in a listicle uh, called Nine Thousand Things You Won't Believe Are Facts About the Creator of ER. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's really funny to me still that they let Michael Crichton direct movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was also a good idea, but very yeah, funny. Yeah. Is it, like, there's not a lot of best He didn't direct novels. a ton, though, did he? Yeah, where they're like, now make a movie. He directed a few. He directed um, Westworld. He directed, uh, I think he directed uh, The Great Train Robbery. Oh, okay. uh, Which is another adaptation of one of his books. He wrote Twister, 
right? But that's not based on a book, I don't think. That one's just a movie he wrote. Wait, did he... Are, are you fucking with me again? No, I think he wrote Twister. Really? Yeah. Directed by uh, Jan de Bon. <laughs> yeah, I know it was directed by Jan de Bon. I thought Twister had like an 11-page screenplay that written Jan by... wrote on a napkin. <laughs> uh, no, written by Michael Crichton and Anne-Marie Martin. I don't know who that is. Wow. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, man. All-star. All-star show, that Twister. Yeah. Um, what was that? Oh, uh, he, he directed Great Train Robbery. Um, and there's another one he directed about robots that go nuts. Uh, that is it Future West World? <laughs> it's, uh, sh- what is it? I think Gene Simmons plays a mad scientist in it. What? What the hell is it called? Haywire? Hardwire? Hard bodies? <laughs> Well, Jan de Bont's uh, IMDb bio photo is spectacular. Is it? I'll look it up in a second. I'm looking at Michael Crichton right now. Yeah, he has same. so many writing credits. Well, Timeline? Runaway? Yeah, well, he's another one. Looker? We could do a whole Michael Crichton podcast because... Yeah. And he has, what, eight, one TV movie and then eight movies. That's not... Or eight movies total, including that. Oh, but 13th Warrior is just reshoots. He has six movies. <laughs> That he directed. He did reshoots? Uh, according to um, IMDb. That's really funny. He's uncredited. Runaway. Runaway run is away. the robot. Huh. Coma. Who cares? Oh, Yandabon's picture is really nice. <laughs> the log line is good. When a young female doctor notices an unnatural amount of comas occurring in her <laughs> hospital, she uncovers a horrible conspiracy. <laughs> That sounds like I really like the phrase an unnatural amount of comas. Yeah, that's definitely third tier Crichton. <laughs> Whoops, too uh, many comas. I used to love Michael Crichton books. Yeah, of course. I, it was a thing my mom and I shared. She we would she would read them. I I would read one, give it to her. She'd read one, give it to me. Which one was your favorite? Was it the Sphere? Great Train Robbery? Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Uh, I mean, it's not great. He's not... I mean, he's fine, but... It's great if you're, like, in fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved him. Yeah. I loved him. Um, Sphere. I love Congo. Sphere. Yeah. I love him so much, I'd then go to the movies and get really mad. Yeah, yeah, you'd watch Congo and be like, changes. this is terrible. I mean, Congo is terrible. Yeah, yeah, you were right when you said that as a child. Um, it's actually the first movie I ever tried to walk out of, but I was a child and my dad was there and he was like, you can't leave without me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to <laughs> let me go. I'm, and he's like, you want to go stand in the lobby? Yeah. Just in, I think it was when one of the characters like turned to talk to the camera as like a joke that wasn't funny. Oh, I don't the remember that. They I, did that. Sounds I really think they upsetting. Just stood up involuntarily and started to walk away, <laughs> and he had to grab me. Um, no, I. It was yeah. I, I always used to talk about. Uh, I always use Rising Sun as mm. my perfect example of how Hollywood changes books. Because uh, Rising Sun in the book, mm-hmm. the the main like the older guy who in the movie is Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to the younger guy who in the movie is Wesley Snipes uh, and he's, he's explaining to him like what his etiquette needs to be when he meets with the Japanese sure um, and of course when I was a kid I didn't realize how like horribly fucking xenophobic and racist the book was sure of course. Um, but <laughs> he's explaining to him and he goes you know whatever you do don't bow because you're not going to do it right <laughs> like there's all of these different depths and movements you need to do you're not going to get it right don't try to do it you'll just insult them and he like ex- explains that whole thing and in the movie like one of the trailer lines is Sean Connery turning to Wesley Snipes and going just bow I always use that as just like the quick shorthand of like this is what that's uh, what uh. um yeah Crichton uh he is. I, I am glad we're doing King and not Crichton, though, because Crichton's fun, but he is sort of he's the hack that people think Stephen King is. I also, we'd have to do all of his movies four times. Oh, I guess there's a lot of movies based on things he wrote. Oh, I'm yeah, just yeah, thinking of him, the director. Yeah, 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 yeah no, oh, no, no, right. not the director. No, but we do like we could definitely do 31 days of Jurassic yeah. Park and yeah. And in this stuff. case, The Lost World. <laughs> uh, that's a sequel we could do if we were doing. It is a sequel. Yeah. Because it's I a book. I don't think it has any, it has barely anything to do with the book. But it's a book. It is a book that Steven Spielberg took and turned into King Kong. Yeah. Which probably was a good choice. I don't know. I never saw The Lost World. I didn't actually read the book. 
I uh, was I did see Jurassic Park three, which is good. Is that the one with the karate? What is there like a girl who does gymnastics karate in that one, or is that the second one? I don't remember any gymnastics karate. Okay, then I think I've only seen the first two. Uh, Jurassic Park three takes place back on the island, and it has Sam Neill, and it it's very much just like in the vein of a trashy monster movie. Yeah, okay. Where they're just like, oh, we're on this island, and there's dinosaurs. That sounds nice. Yeah, it it was really a really nice, refreshing. It didn't try to feel Spielbergy at all. It just tried to feel like it was shot in a tropical island with dinosaurs. Oh, then the one I saw was definitely the second one because it was Spielberg. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But it was like clearly low budget Spielberg. Like there's a there's a dolly down a hallway near the beginning where the dolly is like bouncing around on the floor, you know? Like they didn't spring for dolly track. Um, <laughs> well, and you're like, oh, this is second tier. Where I feel like every Spielberg movie I was seeing had terrible second unit. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's still true. But I just remember a bunch of Spielberg movies from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, where you'd be watching it, and there'd just be so many scenes. You're like, obviously, this is second unit, and nobody gave a shit, and Steven hasn't even watched it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, did they shoot it? Great, yeah, put it in. watch robocop a couple of weeks ago when he was visiting your father never seen robocop he had okay he saw it back when it came out but he wasn't giving it fair shakes at the time he was it 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 fell victim much like john carpenter's the thing Mm -hmm. to yeah the 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 worldview the mindset that he was in at the time uh and he just kind of dismissed it sure um i can imagine being a dude who cared a lot about serious movies at that time and watching those things and being like, these people are just making a goof. Yeah. Like the, I can put it, myself in those. From shoes. a certain perspective, it reads as Robocop even more than the thing. Cause the, the sure. thing reads is very serious and intentional, yes. but grotesque. And if you're not prepared for grotesqueness or if you think grotesqueness is sort of a, like a cheap mistake or uh, not mistake, but a, a poor intention, Sure, or sure. something like you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. You could judge it. I, I think the the line from uh, I'm, I'm dancing around it, but you know, both my dad and I were heavily under the influence, as I've said before, of Harlan Ellison. And I think Harlan's line about the thing was he was com- he was complaining about uh, monster movies having no imagination anymore, no creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think he said, "Guy, yeah, you know, even even Carpenter and Drek like the thing could come up with a new monster, killer Italian food." <laughs> so that was, I think, that was the mindset that. Yeah. Uh, my dad had going into movies like that um and but much like the thing which he rewatched because of you uh and now i think has watched it like three times a year since uh he sat through robocop and was like i don't know what was up my butt oh so i'm glad i'm glad um i was also very glad because it came after i made him watch the house by the cemetery by lucio fulci and he did not appreciate that okay all right (laughs) well it's it's good to know your limits and it's also good to know that robocop is within your limits yeah yeah um someday we'll do an episode on the robocop movies oh uh because i think while they're certainly not the first one's obviously a great movie yes uh but i think the second and third are both really good yeah, and I think that's most fair. people would not say that. <laughs> I think a lot of people, and I think this is a reasonable impulse. I think a lot of people don't give fair shakes to sequels, um, and I think, as in particular, when something is not intended to have them. Right, there are some things that are that are invented as a trilogy or invented as a series. Right, but when a thing is a one-off piece, and then and then someone's like, "Oh, we should make more of this for money." I think a re- it's reasonable to go in with a healthy skepticism. Um, 
But I do think, uh, I think you're correct that the RoboCop films uh, move past being simple uh, rehashings for money. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I, I like where your head is at uh, in terms of the in terms of the feeling. I don't impart that kind of uh, <laughs> quality of, of connoisseurship to the mass of movie going audiences. I think most people are totally fine with a sequel, okay. uh, especially if it is a rehashing of what they liked the first time. Um, you think that's something people it, look for? I think it's not a thing people consciously look for, but I think it's a thing that people respond to. Um, I mean, you can look at, say, like the Indiana Jones movies, right? Sure. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is super, super, duper popular. They make Temple of Doom. It does well, but there's this general sense that it's, you know, kind of not the best movie. It's, uh, you know, it suffers in relation to the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they go back and make Last Crusade, they uh, move back to a lot of the you know plot structures of the first movie that they'd wandered away from in the second one. The second one, they actually tried to do something different than the first one. They start out in Hong Kong, and then they have this plane flight into India, and then it's this long trek into another situation that they find themselves in, and it's sort of, you know, kind of this rolling plot into uh, ever more dangerous situations. It's a very traditional pulp storytelling model that, yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways, I really uh, like about that movie. There's other things about the movie I can complain about, but... Uh, you know, the first one is he's, uh, there's a, a little, you know, opening number that mm-hmm. establishes the tone, and then he's a professor, and then he's called on for a mission, and he has to go find an artifact, and then he loses the artifact, uh, and, you know, fights some Nazis. And then the third one is there's a little opening scene, and then he's a professor, <laughs> and then he's called for a mission, and he has to find an artifact, and he finds the artifact, and he loses the artifact, but he kills some Nazis. Sure. And so the, it, you know, that and that film was, you know, you always hear the the phrase a return to form, like oh they got it right, they got right what we liked about the first one again. Is that what people say? I guess I don't talk to people really. I've always, <laughs> I've always thought that that third one was like generally considered the worst of those three films. I think that or is that just is, my opinion, and I've been putting it on everyone. Well, I think that's its latter day reputation, um, like among the nerds. and people who care about things like that. Um, I think Temple of Doom has had a lot of uh, resuscitation done on it, although also a lot of light shown on (laughs) just... I mean, the the racism in the movie didn't pass unnoticed when it came out. Sure. (laughs) And so it's even more glaring now. Yeah. Um, But but yeah, so I I think that's a latter-day assessment of the films. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas I think... And I, I could be wrong about this, but I, I feel like when they were actually coming out and for a while, the general public consensus was that Raiders was good, Temple of Doom was eh, and then Last Crusade was good. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I, I accept your theorem. Um, yeah, it's you can been, see it in the, in the, in the Star Wars it. movies too, right? Like the, sure, yeah. Um, I mean, the prequels, or what you want to call them. But the, Jason, the he wrote George all Lucas. 21 of those before he filmed any of them. You know that, right? <laughs> um, well, yeah, obviously he did. Yeah. Uh, and he, he based it all I think it's, what is it? I think it's Dana Gould's line. He based it all on Joseph Campbell, who he started <laughs> reading in 1982. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like the, uh, I, I don't even mean the original Star Wars movies. I mean the latter Star Wars movies, the sort of competing groups of sequels. You have the George Lucas prequels uh, mm-hmm. from the turn of the century that, for whatever faults they have, are the work of a single mind, kind of. Like they're, they're definitely films made by George Lucas. They're <laughs> the most sure. personal films he's made since, I don't know, American Graffiti. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly uh, and people really dislike those movies. Sure. Uh, I think in part because they wander away from what it was they liked about the first trilogy. Sure. So, of course, now the the uh, new batch of J.J. Abrams and whoever else is making these new movies, they're all just, they're remix movies that right, are right. hitting the notes that people want to see and people love them, praise them, yeah. you know, so. 
I think generally when it comes to sequels, people respond to uh, it, it is it is sort of like it's like dropping a remix. It's I want to hear that hook that I liked with a slightly different beat. Sure. Um, whereas I think the Robocop movies, to get back to what actually spawned this, which isn't even the <laughs> topic that we wanted to talk about today, <laughs> but the Robocop movies uh, take the absurdist satire element of the first one and kind of run with it harder than I think anybody expected it to, them to. Sure, sure. Yeah, they take they take the sort of uh, core, the like guts of that first movie, and they're like, we're gonna stretch this even further, which is yeah. nice. I oh, I I love it, and I I mean, there's no. I, I know they, they made a lot of alterations to his script, but Frank Miller worked on that second one. And Frank Miller, for everybody who, you know, might call him this... I don't know. For, for all the consideration Frank Miller gets is this very serious uh, writer of, of action and, uh, you know, whatnot. He's, at core, he's really a satirist. And sure. I think even early stuff that he did has immense amount of, of satire in it that sort of went unnoticed because people were focusing on other, uh, at the time, or to them, more exciting aspects of the work. But as he's gotten older, a lot of that other stuff has flensed away, and he's just been a giant middle finger. Uh, For sure. <laughs> with- I feel like if you're reading Frank Miller thinking that everything he's writing is dead serious, then he's probably making fun of you. Yeah, although sometimes he's that guy that he would be making fun of. That's fair. That's fair. I've only read selected Frank Miller because I'm not interested in super serious stuff. Well, no, I don't. I don't mean in his work. In his work, he's almost never that guy. Oh, interesting. Um, but in between the works, he, as a human being, has become that guy at times. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, generally, under the influence of alcohol and other substances that he supposedly is now uh, rid of, but uh, that's going even farther into another <laughs> another <laughs> thicket. Um, but that third movie, the third RoboCop movie, gets a, a really bad rap. Uh, the third one's the ninja one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I can see how, on the face of things, people would look and be like, oh, 90s movie, shoehorn ninjas into everything. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a much more... It's a film that's much more conscious of the fact that its job is to sell RoboCop action figures. Sure. Uh, which is a weird place for that franchise to have found itself in, given... Well, that was... They had the cartoon at that point, also, that first right? one is. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um... You know, I think three was being made into a world with RoboCop comic books and cartoon shows yeah. and action figures, and they really kind of leaned into that. But they also got Fred Decker to make it, and Fred Decker is doing like background office suicide jokes in the corporate <laughs> world, and you know, Rip Torn is in it, yelling at people. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's really, it's worth, it's worth your time. Yeah, there's some quality stuff in it. Yeah. Um, Who made Jurassic Park 3? Oh, Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston, he used to be a fun filmmaker before he got sucked into the Marvel thing. What would I know Joe Johnston from? Uh, he made The Rocketeer. Oh, great. Which I adored. Yeah, the movie's great. He made the Robin Williams Jumanji, which I would argue still oh. holds up. Sure. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I bet it's good. Um, what else did he make? Oh, October Sky. I don't remember if that was actually good or not. I don't think I ever watched that one. It was a young Jake Gyllenhaal and Laura Dern set in the 50s. They make a rocket. Great. (laughs) Sure. Oh, he made Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Why am I forgetting that one? What? Okay. Yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Jake Johnson used to be great, and then he made Captain America. I showed that movie to um, to a class. Uh, I I taught, uh, like, a teenager summer uh, special effects course, and... I showed them that movie. Uh, it was the only movie I showed them that they got engaged in. I showed them, like, you know, Jason and the Argonauts and stuff, like, real cool stuff, and they were like, Bah! Um, but Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, they got into. Uh, but I hadn't realized, I hadn't seen it in years, and I put it on, and it's 
I think written by Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna. It's like clearly yeah. a movie that came from trash. Oh, totally. Uh, which I had no idea, but like fully makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if they were originally going to make it as like a more Stuart Gordony movie. Right. I'm not sure. I feel like it, I heard something like that, but because that movie could be a real slimy, weird movie. Yeah, <laughs> but it is not. It's a delight that film. I it is having funny. watched it months ago. I would say definitely holds up. Um, yeah. So Joe Johnston used to be used to be Deese. That would be a good movie for someone to do a uh, uh, an oral history of. I think. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh totally. And uh, I had also when I watched it, I had forgotten that the the like s- uptight next door neighbor dad is uh, is played by Max Headroom, like which is amazing. Oh really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I I, didn't, I I haven't seen Honey I Shrunk the Kids since I was a kid. So yeah, yeah. I had not either. Uh, and when I rewatched it, it was so much. There, there were just many more layers than I remembered there being. When you rewatched it, did you watch it with the Roger Rabbit cartoon? I don't think it was packaged with it on the on the DVD I rented. See, this is the downside of DVDs. It's true. You it's true. Like it was VHS. It was probably on there somewhere, but I would have had to have selected it, right? I don't um, know. It might not be on there anymore. Or maybe it's just gone. You might have yeah. decided the time was past. But it used to be you Does couldn't it, watch that movie without getting through the Roger Rabbit cartoon one yeah. way or the other. It's the one where he, uh, he's like chasing the baby around the um, kitchen, right? And like knives are flying at him and stuff. Uh, I think so. I think yeah. it's the yeah, it's like the full cartoon that they were shooting at the beginning. At the beginning, of oh, so good. Yeah. Let's see, yeah, it came out in '89. Is it released? <laughs> this is nice. See, also list of films featuring miniature people. <laughs> Sometimes I, Wikipedia really comes through. Yeah, it does. A natural amount of coma. <laughs> Uh, this is weird. Wikipedia doesn't seem to mention it being released with a cartoon in front of it. Huh. The film was written as Teeny Weenies by Stuart wow. Burton, Ed Naha, and Brian Usna. Wow. <laughs> that is a much weaker title. Uh, as Teeny Weenies seemed to appeal more to a child demographic, the name was changed to Grounded to appeal oh. to a more mature audience. <laughs> weird. Need citation. <laughs> that name was later rejected in favor of The Big Backyard. I don't know what that means. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, based on a line of dialogue from the film. Ultimately mm. became its title. Good story. Oh, Tummy Trouble. Tummy Trouble? Yeah, it wasn't the kitchen one. Oh, 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 Tummy, right, right, right. It was, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it was Baby Herman Swallows a Rattle. Right, right. <laughs> the amount of time I spent in my early 20s tracking down all the information I could find about when different Modern Lover songs were recorded <laughs> and what versions were released in what bootlegs and like because because the album oh. as it exists is like three different recording sessions those okay. songs are from at different point like some of them I think Kim Fowley recorded and then some of them John Cale recorded weird but then songs from those same sessions end up on other bootlegs but together so like it's yeah that's very strange it's and i don't remember any of it i love that you needed to know it though i really needed to know it because <laughs> i needed to listen to the songs in the order that they were recorded yeah of course. Just, just to hear how that like <sighs> the things you do in your 20s i mean you still watch all of movies chronologically by people you don't like so <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That we're gonna drive. That's that's right. We're gonna we're gonna have to do a Michael Mann episode someday. Oh yeah, Michael Manhunter. Um, I think I finally kicked that oh, monkey me, yeah, off my back. Good. I was I think, looking for the keep the other day. I was trying to see if I could find it online because I don't think it's ever actually been released. It is hard to find. Yeah, uh, I know it can be found, but I think watching the theatrical release of Miami Vice. And the first 20 minutes of Black Hat finally cured me of my need to watch Michael Mann films. (laughs) I'll still probably rewatch Manhunter. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Because Tom Noonan and... Uh, Brian Cox. Other choices. Yeah. Brian Cox. 
that tiger. And it, but who's the who's the main guy? He's in CSI. William something. Sapler. William. Did you say William Sapphire? <laughs> William Sapler. <laughs> William oh, no. <laughs> Starring William Sapphire of the <laughs> Wall Street Journal. Um, no, it's something else. I can't remember. I find him to be totally... Well, I'm completely unconvinced by Michael Mann's uh, conception of masculinity uh, in any case. But sure, sure. I, I, I find the, the main guy in that to be just such an unexceptional example of a male lead except for the scenes where Michael Mann directs him to yell at his own reflection in glass or like talk to somebody who's not there in a tree. Sure. 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 Like those are the moments when I'm like, Michael Mann could be interesting. Yeah. Right. You're like, Oh, he's actively choosing to fight his own good instinct. Yeah. William Peterson. I just looked it up. That's yes. William Peterson. I don't even know who that is. He's on one of the CSIs or was I like, 10 years ago when I knew anything about what was on a CSI. Sure, sure. I don't even know if there are still CSIs. I'm just assuming there are. There must be. There must be a, a couple. Um, I think he was on the first, the first sec, the first new CSI. Like there was the CSI with uh, <laughs> David Caruso as mm. the justice robot with sunglasses. And then I think William Peterson started the next one. I don't remember what towns they were in. Macy was in Jurassic Park 3. I just Whoa, really? Yeah, William H. Macy is in it. Uh, Tia Leone's in it. It's good. You should watch Jurassic Park 3. Okay, yeah. Well, see, I had never seen any but the first one, and then some of my friends convinced me to watch Jurassic Park 2. And despite there being a little girl who does gymnastics karate, it's a terrible movie. I believe uh, and that's I, referred should be referred to as Jim Kata. Yeah, yeah, there's a girl who does Jim Kata. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'm the only redeeming quality. The rest of it is full garbage. And I was really mad that they made me watch it. And I was like, I'm never going to watch any of the sequels, even though, uh, both of the new movies have been shot in Univisium, the best aspect ratio mathematically, <laughs> but they are really stupid. I the, saw part of one on a plane and it was even dumber than I thought it could. That's I mean, sure. <laughs> Um, but were you like, what a satisfying aspect ratio? Well, you couldn't tell because I was on a... <laughs> they crop it for the screen. Oh, right, right. Um, it's, it was 16.9 for you. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Lost World is one of those weird Spielberg movies. Like, I, 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 have, I have mixed opinions on Spielberg, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. But you can... There are movies that he does that are indisputably, like, movies by somebody who cares. Yes. And if you're in the right headspace, are just really great. I um, If we're going to make this a podcast where we just go through people, <laughs> I would definitely do a Spielberg <laughs> run with you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I could do a Spielberg one. Although, there's some movies I definitely don't want to watch, but I'll do it. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I think... As a director, I I bet I will not like way more of his movies than I will like. <laughs> I believe that to be true. Yeah. I wish we could watch these together. Yeah, that would make this all better. The next best thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like even movies of his that I don't like. Mm-hmm. There's like a different. There's it's just these groups of Spielberg movies. Like there's the groups that are, I'm like, yeah, those are good. Whether I'm in the mood for them or not, I get it. Yes. And then there's movies where I'm like, I that's not I don't like that one, but I also I like I see what you're doing sort of or at least it feels like 
a choice I can understand. But then there's well, some that, of like, them just like, what the fuck is this? Like, well, what, like War why, Horse? Why is this a movie you're making? And like, Lost World is the one that really baffles me. Hmm. Where it just feels like he made... It's definitely a cash-in movie. Oh, for sure. But like, he doesn't need to... Ca- like, right, but like, why? He could have made a lot of money and let's and just given it to somebody else to direct. Yeah. Like he did the work of directing it. Why? Yeah. And, yeah. and and like I guess he just really wanted to make a King Kong movie. It's just baffling to me. But like it seems like he could have made one from the ground up or like hired someone to write him a King Kong movie. Sure. You know. Yeah, I just I don't I'm sure there's a story there that it makes sense or I'm sure, you know, it seemed like a good idea to him at the time, but it is just one of those movies that's like, really? Okay. Um Hook is not one of those movies, by the way. Hook are you are you in team? Okay, good. I'm I'm on the same team as you with that. I just know a lot of people are not. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're wrong. Okay, good. Um, fucking bangerang, baby. Oh, interesting. I I was just looking. I was like, maybe 1997 when he made Lost World. Maybe he was like hard up and was about to start doing like Tiny Toons or something. But Tiny Toons had already come and gone. He had just finished producing Freakazoid. He did he make was, Amistad the same year, and maybe yeah, he Amistad. had to make a deal to get to make that. Yeah. Or Men in Black. He EP'd Men in Black that year. Oh, Deep Impact the next year. Maybe he was trying to make a deal to make Deep Impact. <laughs> <laughs> um no if it's anything it's probably amistad yeah but i don't know i haven't looked at like maybe they're completely different i haven't looked at whether there is actually anything <laughs> uh, it does feel like his career starts out so strong and then he makes some really great cartoons and then just gives up <laughs> he did yeah i mean kind of <laughs> it's like in the I, 90s I he's like Sugarland shifts focus <laughs> To cartoons and then he's like i'm just gonna make boring stuff now yeah i haven't seen sugarland express but jaws is jaws yeah uh close encounters is not my favorite but there's some great stuff in there also you skipped duel which i know it's a tv movie but like what a great movie oh uh, well in my list it's it's earlier than i was just looking at the at the when he started making oh sorry theatrical features but yeah no duel. sorry duel is a totally st- strong start Something Evil has some some solid stuff in it. 1941 for me is one of those ones where I'm like, oh, I get why some people think it's important and care about it, but I do not. It's a movie I want badly to like because yeah. I really love it when people run amok and do dumb shit. Yeah, and there's also a lot of smart people who are like, oh, 1941, grr-eight, but I doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, it didn't do anything for me when I watched it either, but... You know, um, but yeah, Raiders, E.T., Twilight Zone can go fuck itself. Sure. Uh, For so many reasons. <laughs> uh, Temple of Doom. Sure. Color Purple's fine, and like that's, you know, in a culturally significant move or whatever. Right, right. Empire of the Sun. Oh, yeah, who has? <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Sure. What the hell is always? I don't remember always. I don't know. Richard Dreyfus plays Peter Sandwich. <laughs> Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> sandwich, not sandwich. <laughs> always, always hungry for a sandwich. Hi, I'm Peter Sandwich. <laughs> always hungry Al for Yaki. a sandwich. Al Yaki? Uh-huh. Okay. Old Yaki Yaki. Hepburn won't start champing. What the hell is this movie? I don't know, How do man. I not know this movie? <laughs> Spielberg's forgotten movie. It looks like it's a movie about planes. The spirit of a recently deceased expert pilot mentors Whoa. a newer pilot while watching Whoa. him fall in love with the... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, that was a, a very funny... Good uh, line, break line break there, yeah. Yeah. While watching him fall, I assume out of the sky. Oh, no, in love with the girlfriend that he left behind. Oh, I see. So he's like a ghost who's helping a pilot, but is mad that that pilot's in love with his girlfriend. I guess so. Is the ghost Peter Sandwich or is the ghost Al Yaki? Unclear. I yeah. think the ghost is probably Al Yaki. Okay, good. Because probably it's Peter Sandwich uh, <laughs> falling in love with Holly Hunter. Yeah, that makes sense. Who's playing Dorinda Durston. Durston. These names are amazing. Dorinda Durston. Keith David plays somebody named Powerhouse. Pff, this movie sounds great. I bet it's not. Yeah, but it sounds like it is. But the names are great. Yeah. Um, and aren't they all that matters? So that feels like a movie he probably cared about. Yeah, somebody did. But where does this shit drop off? I mean, I guess you could argue Hook, but like Hook goes into Jurassic Park. Right. Which is probably his best movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, let's say yes. And then 
I don't give a shit about Schindler's List, but it is what it is. Yeah. That might be the breaking point. <laughs> I think it is. because In the Schindler's middle List, of 1993. <laughs> I mean, because Schindler's List and Amistad are both these, like, really self-important, self-conscious history films. Yeah. It's like he's like, okay, I've done fun movies. Now I'm going to try to get an Oscar. Which, incidentally, 91-ish, like around the Jurassic Park time, is when he's, or I guess, yeah, it's like when he's starting to do goofy cartoons. Yeah. So maybe he's like, these goofy cartoons that I'm producing are my new outlet for joy. (laughs) I am now only going to make serious movies that are deeply boring. I guess. I mean, I know people rep for Minority Report and War of the Worlds. Yeah, sure. Um, but I even like Tom Cruise movies and I don't really like those movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't bother with War of the Worlds, but Minority Report Saving doesn't. Private Ryan can fuck off. Ooh. Uh, someone uh, told me I should watch that Tintin movie he made, but I won't. <laughs> I can't look at it. Yeah. It doesn't look like Tintin. I mean, it's such a strong 90% of what's great about Tintin. That's not true. A good percentage of what's great about Tintin is what Tintin looks like. And they didn't even bother. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I uh, know, it's, 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 it looks terrible. Um, Catch Me If You Can was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah Munich, I remember decent. really liking, but I haven't revisited it. I don't know how it would hold up. Uh, sure. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, he basically was doing as a favor to George. Mm-hmm. War Horse. <laughs> oh, War Horse. <laughs> oh, War Horse. Um, I Lincoln is garbage, but I really enjoy it. We all know you're a Lincoln apologist. It's fine. I am a Lincoln apologist. That's, yeah. I mean, we look. I, I <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm not asking you to explain. It's a it. bad movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, can we talk about some speeches in a funny voice? Can we? The voice is the best part of that movie. The voice and the throwing of leaves. Uh, the voice and also the the way he. I just. I really do like the way that Danny Daly was like crawls around and gets really physical in that role. That's fair. Like when he, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis like, is fun. Well, it's also just a really strong choice by both him and, I'll, I'll give Spielberg credit for this, like right at the beginning of the movie, he starts it with him like stretched out from a chair with his foot like half up on a bed and he's just like in this lanky repose and then... <laughs> In the next scene, he's, like, getting down on the floor with the firewood and his kid. And I was like, yeah, these are really good choices. This is really, okay. like, this is where this movie kind of lives for me right now. I don't remember that because I haven't watched it multiple times because I'm yeah, not I mean, which you. you I don't get me wrong. <laughs> Oh, you know what we should... Sorry, this is a full departure from what you're talking about, but you said Justice Robot, and that made me think of the... Uh, the Dread Robocop movie. movies? No, 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 no. Dread. He's not actually... Oh, the, with... with um, Carl Urban? Yes. Yeah. We should talk about that sometime. We should. Do you like that movie? I think it's amazing. I do, too. Great. <laughs> Maybe we should have saved that reveal for... <laughs> yeah, I was kind of... I was. Yeah, we should have not. It's all right. Um, eh, what are you going to do? We it. also have to talk and be people. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, we should find someone who hates it, because a lot of people do, and then we should berate them. I guess a lot of people do. I don't know anybody. I've talked to a of lot course, of I also don't know anybody who think it's a bad movie. <laughs> well, you you bring people in. I feel like you if I can are figure probably out. I don't more... I have talked to, but I'll look. I what? I mean... I really whittled down <laughs> my movie friends, not sure. necessarily intentionally, <laughs> um, but I think you are probably far more regularly in friendly interaction as opposed to merely sure. collegial interaction sure, sure, sure. with people who have real normie movie opinions. Well, yeah, I also like do a lot of writing in coffee shops and people come up and talk to me a lot in coffee shops and a lot of them have boring opinions about movies. Um, Why would people talk to you when you're writing in a coffee shop? Because I, there's like six coffee shops I frequent and one of them, there's like a group of people who hang out on the porch and I have accidentally become one of them. <laughs> so... There's like a specific, and it's not my fault really. It's because I I have friends with this dude Dio, and I co-wrote. Uh, we've like co-written a couple of TV series. Don't be hurt by that, Jason. I still want to write with you. I'm not hurt. I'm the absentee spouse. Um, fair. Uh, you're you're the trucker. I'm the trucker's wife. Um, yeah. Look, I understand what you have to do while I'm out on the road. <laughs> um, so we don't we have co- to talk about it though. 
I'm sorry. I won't go. I won't tell you any details. Um, we we've co-written a couple of things there, but he's there all the time, and or he used to be. I don't know if he still is. And he's made friends with like the baristas and stuff. So he's like definitely part of this dude gang. And so now they since they see me with him, they all talk to me, which is fine sometimes. But usually I'm like makes, trying to get something done. That makes more sense. I mean, I, I was thinking it was just your raw animal magnetism. No, no, no. I'm, forcing people uh, to come up and just find out what it is you're doing. <laughs> My primary raw animal characteristic is that I look like a like a cornered badger. I like sit there and <laughs> glower at everybody. Um, make sure they don't come near me. <laughs> All right, bud. Have a good All night. Man. We definitely recorded enough for a third episode yeah, for like a, actually for a weird sloppy third episode <laughs> yeah i don't know if it actually is a third episode Synesthesia is produced by Iguana Donald Studios and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Featuring music by The Cocktails, courtesy of Tideship Records. Additional music by Mr's Presidents. Theme music by Soft Healer. Synesthesia is recorded live while both hosts stare deep into each other's eyes, which I have been told are the windows to the soul. He's like, did they shoot it? Great, yeah, put it in. Synesthesia.